Lord bless you. Well, amen. I hope you've had a great afternoon. And uh, this is uh, an early service for what I'm accustomed to, usually around 6 or 7 o'clock in a lot of churches. But uh, we're glad to be here back at 5 o'clock. Amen. And uh, have service this evening. And I was just thinking, as far as the time difference, uh, Brother Shiflet, I'm imagining, is a couple of hours behind us, which would put them around 3 p.m. right in the middle of the afternoon. And there is a strong chance that the Shiflets, if they're not doing a Sunday afternoon siesta after their fiesta, amen, uh, they may be watching. And if you love your pastor and family, I guess the camera directly in front of me at the back of the auditorium is probably where this would be live streamed from. Why don't everybody just turn around and wave at the pastor and family and you let them know how much you love them. Amen, amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That got a better response than even I was expecting. Amen. We're... Uh, we're sure thankful for the shiftlets, and uh, I'm, I'm honored, I really am, and I'm not just saying this, I'm, I'm honored that he would allow me to come a whole Sunday and fill the pulpit and preach to you all, and, and I know you miss your pastor and family, and uh, I know it's different when he is away, but again, I appreciate the opportunity, my family, uh, to be here with me. We had a good time with the Payne family, which uh, my wife and and. Mrs. Payne, or Aunt Julie, they're sisters, and uh, we're uh, glad to be here with family and enjoyed a good day with them, and uh, it's a blessing to be able to be here with you. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 25, Exodus chapter 25. I was talking with some of the men this morning, I believe it was, either before or after the service, maybe after the service, that were part of the remodel project on the missions house. And we are, this weekend, this, uh, the days that we're here, beneficiaries of all the hard work that you all did. Beautiful uh, place to stay and just appreciate the kindness of Calvary Baptist Church. You all are a testimony and I'm, I'm telling you, being an outsider looking in, just being here with you all in services and uh, just seeing the, uh, the fingerprint of things around the property and how God has just really been good to you as a church. And I, I'm sure you all have been good to the Lord as well. And that's a blessing. It's a good testimony of what God's done in this place. And we thank the Lord for that. All right, Exodus chapter 25, I want to begin reading in verse number 1. Exodus chapter 25, verse number 1. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, Ye shall take my offering. And just as the brother mentioned during the offering time just a moment ago, amen, God loveth a cheerful giver. And this was something that the people of God were to do willingly in giving this offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them gold and silver and brass 
and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair. What about that? And ram skins dyed red and badger skins and shittim wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense, onk stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. In verse number 8, God said this, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Now as you look forward, verse number 21 in the text, And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark, And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. Now notice verse 22. And there I will meet with thee. And I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. Now, for the sake of the title of the message, I want to go back to verse number 8. And I want to preach out of verse number 8 on a sanctuary. A sanctuary. Let's pray before the message. Lord, we sure love you. Thank you for just a restful day, a beautiful day that, Lord, you gave us. Thank you for the good time we had in the house of the Lord this morning the Sunday school lesson and the the time that we've had around your word already this day. God, we thank you for that. And Lord, what a privilege it is to be back in the house of God this evening to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, help our hearts. I pray that our hearts would be challenged and Lord changed. Help us, Lord, uh, to be made and drawn closer to you, Lord, through this service. Lord, I pray that we've met for more of a purpose than just out of a habit or routine. I pray we've come to meet with you and worship you and get something, Lord, that we can uh, take into our hearts and apply to our lives this week. God, help us tonight. And we'll give you the thanks, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. As I look at verse number 8, we're seeing the description that God gave the children of Israel and Moses to build the tabernacle of the Old Testament. And that tabernacle consisted of that outer courtyard that was fenced with that door of entrance into that uh, tabernacle. And then as you got into Uh, the covered portion of the tabernacle, you went into what was called the holy place. And there you found different furnishings as you made your way in the outer court by the brazen altar. And then you came to the laver where the priest would wash. And then inside that covered portion, the holy place, you would find uh, the table of showbread and the candlestick and that altar of incense. And then beyond the veil into that uh, most holy place, the place that was referred to as the Holy of Holies. There 
you would find the ark of the testament. You'd find uh, there on top of that ark, you would find the mercy seat with those cherubims that overshadowed that mercy seat and that ark of the covenant. And there God said, I want you to prepare me a place where I can meet with man. And he called that place a sanctuary. That word sanctuary, simply put, and a simple definition of that is a sacred place. We often at, at church in different uh, facilities will come uh, into a building and there are different parts even of this property that belong to Calvary Baptist Church. But as we come into this place that is set aside for worship, we often refer to this place of meeting as a sanctuary. It is a place that has been sanctified and set apart for the worship of Almighty God. How many of you are glad for the sanctuary that you have here? A sacred place that is set apart for singing and preaching and magnifying the name of God Almighty. Amen? A sacred place, a place of worship, a place that has been set apart. Now, as I look at the Old Testament tabernacle, part of that descriptions of the materials that were to be donated were goat's hair. And I thought, how in the world could God live and dwell among a rustic place that would have as its coverings goat's hair? As you would look at the tabernacle, of course, it was magnificent in beauty, especially the, uh, the tapestry and things on the inside and the gold and all the different things that were contained within the holy place and the most holy place, the holy of holies. But as you looked at that tabernacle from a distance, you would see a very rustic structure. It was covered and what you would see outwardly was uh, the fence that uh, went around the outer court and you would see the goat's hair that covered uh, the top of that tabernacle and, and overshadowed that tabernacle. It was very rustic to look upon as you look from a distance. Matter of fact, Psalm 78, that great chapter, Can God Furnish a Table in the Wilderness?, Amen. The obvious answer to that is a great preacher of the past, Dr. Harold B. Seidler, preached on years ago, God can, amen, God can furnish a table in the wilderness. But in that great chapter, the, the tabernacle is referred to as a tent, as a tent. How many of you all enjoy, and I know we're in the city, this may be a bad question to ask in Dundalk, Maryland, is there anybody here that likes to vacation and go out into the woods and go camping? Oh, wow. Amen. People from the city like to get away from the city, don't they? Amen. The hustle and bustle. But to set up a tent and to live a few days, and I know people have different things in their mind when they think of camping. Uh, some people think of pulling into a paved little space and putting out the little awning on their camper. Amen. And that's camping. <laughs> And some of you feel a little more rustic about that, that you go out into the woods and you set up a tent and you live in the wilderness and the wild, amen, 
where the bears might come out and get you, amen. But a tent, I think about a tent being the place where God would meet with man. You know what made this structure special? What made this rustic tent with a covering of goat's hair, what made it a special place? It was sanctified by God and God would dwell there. I think about Moses as he was commanded of God to take off his shoes because the place whereon he stood was holy ground. And I thought to myself, what made that parcel of ground any more special than any other place in that wilderness? I'll tell you what made it special because God was there. That made that place special. That made that place holy because God was there. And here this Old Testament tabernacle was special because God was there. Look with me at chapter 25, and I want us to look in verse number 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. I know um, Calvary Baptist Church has been blessed of the Lord. You've got a wonderful pastor and, and a wonderful congregation. I'm telling you, I've been blessed and my heart has been touched by the singing, by the fellowship, and by just the time that we've had every time we've come here to Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, God's blessed this place and I'm thankful for that. But I'm here to tell you, I don't have to remind you of this, but... I think I, I should while I'm here in this text. What makes Calvary Baptist Church a special place is the fact that you can feel the presence of God in this place. Amen. God is welcome in this place. Amen. This is a sanctified place because God is at home at Calvary Baptist Church. Amen. The presence of Almighty God. That brings me to my first point. I want us to turn to Psalm 68. I'm going to preach a little bit tonight about the sanctuary. and Psalm 68. The Bible says in Psalm 68, verse number 24, if you find your place there in the Word of God, Psalm 68, verse number 24. They have seen thy goings. The Bible says, O oh God, even the goings of my God, my King, in the sanctuary. Amen. Psalm 77, just a few pages over from that, Psalm 77, verse number 13. The Bible says, Thy way, this is Psalm 77, verse number 13. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? The Bible says God's way was in that tabernacle. People could see the presence of God Almighty in that sanctuary. God was seen moving in the sanctuary. Amen. I tell you, I've been blessed over the years, and I know many of you have as well, to be in some really tremendous church services where God was moving and working in hearts. And 
I believe some of that even happened this past week as we heard testimony on the mission field. By the way, I was hoping to hear some testimonies from the mission trip uh, while I was here, but I guess you need to wait on your pastor. Amen. I'm just filling the pulpit. I'm not guiding that. Amen. But anyway, uh, I heard that uh, testimonies of, of the trip, how God was working and the invitation, how God was moving in hearts. Isn't it a blessing to see God's presence in the sanctuary? Amen. To see God working and moving in hearts. I've been in services before where uh, people just under the sound of the word of God would begin to weep. Tears flowing down their face. Amen. People at invitation time hanging on to the back of the pews till their knuckles turned white. Amen. Where God's presence was filled in the church, in the sanctuary. Thank God for his presence. And I believe the sanctuary, first of all, as as we mentioned these points tonight, the first thing we see about the sanctuary, it was a place of the presence of God. God was moving. God was working in the sanctuary. Now let's look at something else. Psalm 63. Turn, please, with me a few pages from where you were. Psalm 63. We'll be in the book of Psalms quite a bit tonight. Amen. Psalm 63, verse number 1. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. What a statement this is. My flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. I tell you, it's one thing for uh, the psalmist to be seeking God. It's another thing uh, that his soul is thirsting, but it's a completely different thing altogether when his flesh is longing for God. Amen. How many could that be said of in this day that their flesh even longs for God? Amen. What a statement. And then verse 2. Watch it. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Not only is the sanctuary a place of the presence of God, the sanctuary is a place of the power of God. Amen. Thank God for the word of God and the power of God's word to transform lives. And how many times have we seen in the sanctuary a set-apart place the power of God move upon a heart and God save a sinner, amen. You see God's power manifest in the sanctuary, amen. I tell you, the sanctuary is a special place. It's a place of God's presence. It's a, a place of God's power as you see the almighty power and hand of God moving in the sanctuary. Now turn to Psalm 73. This, this psalm really speaks volumes about the sanctuary. I know what crowd I'm preaching to tonight. And I know there will obviously be people watching online. But these that made an effort to come back a second time on Sunday, the Sunday night crowd... Evidently, you think something of the sanctuary, man, to make a return visit. And I think 
most understand the value of being with God's people in this sacred place, this place of worship, this place of help. Amen. Look at verse number 1 of Psalm 73, a psalm of Asaph. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. The psalmist here was struggling in soul, and maybe you can enter into this psalm with, with Asaph as he declares, God is good to Israel, even to such as of clean heart. But he said, my, my feet were slipping because even though I knew the goodness of God, I was envious of the wicked. I saw God prospering them. I saw God blessing them, Brother Burner. I saw God, uh, it seemed like that they were getting all the benefits and here I am trying to live for the Lord and they're doing better than I am. How many of you have ever been in that state of mind as you trying to live for God and struggling along, maybe paycheck to paycheck or struggling in life and and you look out into the world, these people don't even think a thing about God or the Bible, seem to be doing a lot better than you are. If you're not careful, you'll let that envy stir in your heart and think, boy, I could, I could be doing a lot better for myself if I was just out there with them. Now look at verse 6. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. Speaking of those in the world, they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God know? And is their knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. He's struggling. And I tell you, this message tonight may be specifically for somebody in this church house that you are, you are struggling in your Christian walk and you're having trouble understanding what's going on in your life, in your world. As you're doing your best to live for God and it seems like things are not going your way. And you get envious of others outside of the church and say, I wonder how come they're doing so good. It's easy to get in that mode. But here I appreciate the sanctuary because in verse 17 the Bible says this, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. 
The sanctuary is not only a place for the presence of God and the power of God, it's for the right perspective of God. Amen. God will set your mind in order when you come to God's house. Amen. When you get into the sanctuary, it helps you understand uh, things from one from another. It gives you the right perspective about God. Amen. The world behind me. Amen. The cross before me. It gives me the right perspective that this is worth it. Amen. To live for God. It is worth it to serve God. And I get my head on straight when I get to the house of God. Amen. Some people need their head screwed on straight. As one preacher put it, you need a check up from the neck up to change your stinking thinking. Amen. And we get the right perspective of the Lord when we come to God's house. Amen. And I'm glad for that. Are you glad for a sanctuary? You glad for the place of the presence of God, the power of God, the right perspective of God? Now turn to Psalm 96. Psalm 96. I love this. I tell you, these these things that I'm preaching through tonight about the sanctuary, I know this is not good English. Forgive me, English teachers. But it just gets gooder and gooder, amen, (laughs) as you get into it. Amen. 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 All right, Psalm, y'all have to forgive me. I was raised in the mountains of western North Carolina down in where a bunch of country folks are. Amen. Psalm 96, the Bible says in verse number 6, the Bible says this, Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. The Bible says in verse 7, Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Twice there the Bible speaks of the beauty of the Lord, and we learn about that in his sanctuary. I see here not only the presence of God, the power of God, the right perspective of God, but when we come to the sanctuary, we see the preciousness of God. We see how precious the Lord is. Has God been good to you? Amen. What better place to see the Lord uplifted and magnified and see how precious the Lord is when we come to his house and hear him magnified and hear him honored and hear him uplifted, amen. And we just see the Lord's beauty just oozing out everywhere, amen. I tell you, my heart has been blessed today because I've been reminded yet again how good the Lord is. I've been reminded today about how precious salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been reminded today how good God's been to my family. I've been reminded today of God's hand and God's blessing on the church. I've been reminded this weekend as 
Amen. Even one of my family members on this mission trip got saved. Amen. The Lord is precious. Glory be to God. He is precious and I learned that when I come to the house of God, to the sanctuary, I see how precious God is. He's beautiful. The Lord is beautiful. And I learn of that in the sanctuary. Psalm 134. Boy, I tell you, God's stirring my soul. Psalm 134, the Bible says, just one verse from there, Psalm 134, verse number two, the Bible says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Can you lift your hands up? Amen. It's not as painful when we all do it together. Amen. The sanctuary is a place for the praise of God as we exalt the Lord and we praise his high and holy name. The sanctuary is a place of praise to almighty God. Lift up your hands, amen. Lift up your voice and declare how good the Lord is. This is a good place to do it, amen. In the sanctuary, amen. It's a place of the praise of God. Now, in Exodus chapter 25, our text, Exodus chapter 25, where we began, I did take time to read verse number 22. And we'll read it again. The Bible says, There inside that holy of holies, and there I will meet with thee, And I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. It was inside that sanctuary that God said he would commune with thee. The sanctuary is a place And I thank God for this. It's a place that you can get very personal with the Lord. You know, there are some people I know in this world. I know a lot of famous people. You say, you do, preacher. You know a lot of famous people. Yeah, I know a lot of them. But not one of them knows me. (laughs) Amen. I do. I had you fooled there for a minute. Amen. I do know a lot of famous people, and so do you. But not many of them know who you are. You know, the thing that's different about the Lord, I know him. But I'm glad way above that, he knows me. And we commune one with another. I know many times that we've had uh, prayer time at church, and maybe the light's Turned down a little dim and different places I've been, not just isolated one place, but I remember several Saturday evenings some of our men would gather and uh, we would pray in the altars at church and just stretch out on the carpet, just lay flat out on the floor. I'm glad for a place, a sanctified place, a 
place that's set apart where you can commune with the Lord. Amen? Are you glad that you can come to the church house and just feel at liberty to talk with the Lord? Let Him speak to you through the Word of God, through the singing, through the testimonies, and, and you be able to speak to God. It's a place where there is communion. It's a place where you can be personal with the Lord. I love the sanctuary. Do you love the sanctuary? I tell you, the Bible says for us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. So much the more as we see the day approaching. We ought to be so faithful to the house of God when these doors are open, we ought to be in the sanctuary. Amen. You ought to make every effort. Amen. Don't let ball games, don't let other things interfere with you attending and being present in the house of God when the doors are open. Amen. And uh, that's putting the Lord first. Amen. Amen. Now I want to make an application here that I think really drives this home. God in the Old Testament had the children of Israel under the leadership of Moses to construct a physical, rustic tabernacle where God would come down and dwell among them. But it's a little different when you get over in the New Testament. Because there's another tabernacle not made with hands. There is a tabernacle. God said, ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, for most of us, we're about as rustic looking as that tabernacle in the Old Testament. That old tent of goat's hair and just, I mean, we try to dress up and pretty up the best, amen, people can. But at our best state, the Bible says man is altogether vanity, amen. We're just an old bunch of rustic tents and tabernacles, amen, on this outward body and this outward appearance. But God, amen, has chosen a place to dwell, and that's in the believer, amen. God has come into another sanctuary, and that's you and I that have been saved by the grace of God. And God wants you to be sanctified. God wants you to be set apart. John 17, verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth, amen, thy word is truth. God wants us to be vessels that are sanctified and meet for the master's use. 1 Thessalonians 4, the Bible warns us to flee fornication. You should be sanctified and this vessel, this body should be sanctified. This body, in the past, if you have been saved, 1 Corinthians 6 Positionally, you're sanctified in Christ, amen, when you receive Christ as your Savior. In the future, we will be permanently sanctified, amen. Sanctify, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, sanctify you wholly, uh, both spirit and soul and body, amen, that will be presented blameless to the Lord Jesus Christ. But right now in the present, 
And I'm speaking to those that are saved that have God living on the inside. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. The Bible says in verse number 21, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepare unto every good work. Young people, let me challenge you tonight. Live a holy life. May you as a person, if you're saved, you've got God on the inside. And you need to be a vessel that is a clean vessel. It's so easy to get your mind drawn into things that are not healthy and filthy and things that will, amen, dirty up your vessel. And through prayer and the Word of God, you need to be a sanctified young, young person. Amen. Adults, you need to be sanctified. I need to be sanctified. Amen. These young people, they face so much filth and so many things that are being thrown at them. The darts of that wicked one are being hurled at them. And listen, let me encourage you. Keep your vessel clean because God lives on the inside of you. Now I look back at those points about that Old Testament tabernacle. Do you know the, uh, the body that God has come down to dwell in, Christ in you, it ought to be a place for the presence of God. God ought to feel at home in you. Come on. Amen. If God's living on the inside of you, you sure don't want to go to some place of ill repute. Amen. Yes, Amen. You're carrying God around with you. Right, and your house ought to be a place that's fit for the presence of God. How many of you find out last minute the company's coming over and you're scrambling like mad trying to get everything fit for company? Amen. It ought not to be that way inside our hearts for the Lord. Amen. It ought to be a place for the presence of God. Listen, God in you, that ought to be, represent the power of God. God ought to see uh, the power of God manifested in your life. The right perspective of God. Boy, it, it'll sure set your mind straight if you give attention to God living on the inside. How about the preciousness of God? How many times are you by yourself and it's just you and the Lord? And God just fills your cup till it overflows. God's precious. Praise. The praise of God inside your body. You don't have to be in the church service to say amen. Some of you men could be hunting, amen, out in the woods or fishing out by the lake. And it's just you and God and those fish. 
And God get all over you. How I many has been driving down the road before and it gets so thick you can't even stand it, amen? The presence of Almighty God and praise swell up in your soul. And being personal with God. You know God in Revelation 3 desired to come into that church at Laodicea and to sup with them. And he with them, he wanted to sup with those people. He wanted fellowship, communion with the Lord and I'm telling you, the sanctuary where God dwells, that ought to be a place that's fit for the Lord. Amen. A sanctuary. A sanctuary. Let's bow our heads, please, for prayer. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the privilege to preach tonight. I hope this message has been a challenge, a help to our hearts. Lord, thank you for the beautiful pictures of that Old Testament tabernacle and what it represented. And Lord, thank you for a place like Calvary Baptist Church where your presence...